Stay Sane with Jane, the show that helps you and your business to thrive, not just survive. Tune in each week as Jane connects with guests in the wellness, business and publishing worlds, bringing you the most up-to-date training, techniques, healing and guidance for growth, mindset and motivation. Each session includes a magical guided meditation led by Jane or one of her special guests. Here's your host, Jane Scanlon. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Stay Sane with Jane. Today we are interviewing Dr. Liz, who runs a communication agency um, and writes for clients, writes blogs, speeches, sound bites, marketing campaigns. She is also an architect part-time as a lecturer at the University of Wales, um, Trinity St. David, um, and loves sketching classes. Um, I've seen lots of her sketches, architectural sketches online, and they are absolutely beautiful. I would love you to sketch my house one day. Um, let me introduce Dr. Liz. Hello, Jane. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, good. Busy. Fantastic. It's good. great to have you on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the woman behind the communications <laughs> business and the architecture job. Okay, so um, about 20, 25 years ago, I was um, working at the RIBA in London, the Royal Institute of British Architects, which is the membership organisation for architects in the UK. Mm -hmm. And they um, promoted me to become director of the Royal Society of Architects in Wales, which meant I moved to Cardiff and I basically became head of architectural um, activities for members in Wales and after um, about five years of doing that job so I was employed in that job mm -hmm. after about five years um, I was made redundant from that job and um, I sort of thought what well, what can I do with my life what what is the next stage for me and you know I tried to get another job but I was probably too overqualified really um, and um, I wrote a list of all the skills that I had so you know I can hire people I can fire people and I can fold up raffle tickets, you know, and but you can't make <laughs> yeah. money folding up raffle tickets, you know. So <laughs> I wrote a list of all the things that I like doing and could do and then crossed off the things. So I didn't really want to have to fire anybody. So I crossed that off my list. Mm -hmm. And then from that, it became apparent that the, the areas that I liked and the areas that could grow was marketing, social media, communications. So that's how come Communication Crossroads was born that's my the name of my business which is a communications agency and then when that got developed at its height um, I was able to engage a series of subcontractors to take on the bulk of the work and that meant that I could go off and pursue my other passion which is the architecture side my PhDs in architecture and I was able to get some teaching um, first at Cardiff and now in Swansea and that has led to my name being out there for architecture as well. Fantastic. And from memory, do you have a colourful house on the outside? Did you paint your house purple? That's correct. It's <laughs> painted lilac and the garden has got pink stripes in it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so how is life in Wales? 
So what Wales is is actually it's quite different. I'm I'm from London originally, um, and living in Wales, you, you know, we have another level of political um, uh, decisions, if you like, because we have devolution. So we have our own parliament. Um, decisions that get made in Westminster sometimes are relevant here and sometimes not relevant because we have devolution. So I've been working in a running a small architectural practice for the last sort of 18 to 20 months and the planning guidance is completely different. It's it's devolved. So what you might think, you know, um, is going on in London in sort of planning permissions is different here. Okay. And 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 so I mean I, I when I was made redundant in 2012, which was actually within three months I was made redundant handed in my PhD, had my um, mock viva and then had the real viva, um, I was thinking about, shall I go back to London and, you know, find a job properly for my grade and all that stuff. And actually, you know, I thought I live 20 minutes from the beach here. <laughs> why um, would I go back to London? So that yes. was why I stayed. And, um, you know, and then the business developed and um, the business is, when I when I worked in the RIBA in Wales, um, I I went to attended a Welsh course um, at Macuntle, so I learned intensive Welsh for a week, and wow. we had we had uh, clients, you know, members who were Welsh and only wanted to communicate in Welsh. Mm -hmm. These days, I don't really have any clients in, who are Welsh speakers, um, and so I don't I lost that ability to communicate. But it doesn't matter because um, I, you know, if I wanted to go back to my learning yeah. of Welsh I could probably I could probably pick it up but I'm not that fluent anymore but it does you so know it sounds to me like you're very um you're you're very intellectual you love learning well I do but when I finished the PhD I did think to myself I should try and stop now <laughs> because I felt I I'd, I'd done enough you know um I'm yeah. I have a Prince qualification, which is a project management qualification. Mm -hmm. And I've done also when you start teaching, you are encouraged to try and develop. Um, I've done a thing called um, teaching in the lifelong learning sector, which is um, a, a sort of MVQ about how yeah. to teach the mechanics of teaching. And when you start teaching, even at university level, they do encourage you to do some kind of qualification. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, like how to interact with students and, marking abilities and you know that kind of stuff so I have done that but I haven't really done any formal qualifications since because I just think big PhDs are massive yeah. how, how long did it um take you so I did it um part-time I was at work at the same time yeah. and I um it was about a subject that was um I worked in the RIBA and it was about the gold medal of the RIBA, which is given out once a year to somebody who influences the field of architecture. So it was basically trawling through the RIBA archives to bring everything together. Yes. And and then in um, 2019, I was lucky enough to get my PhD published. So it is available if you are sufficiently interested in architecture yes. medals and prizes, you can buy it from Amazon and, and you know, um, Waterstones and things if you want to. Fantastic. Fabulous. So how did you get um, the Well, the title of this show is Crafting Effective Communication for Business and Beyond with Dr. Liz. So how did you get started in the communications field? So so when I was um, when I worked in the RIBA in London, 
I was called a communications manager, mm-hmm. which was a kind of title that enveloped everything. And I was basically responsible for sending out um, communications to the membership in London. And also the awards came under me. So I, I went to see probably... I don't know, 100 buildings a year for design awards with hot, um, you know, hotshot juries and people, and then had to organise um, the ceremonies and events and all that stuff. And in that, I mean, I can name drop if you like. You know, I met Joseph Fines, went to his house in West London. Uh, we nice. met uh, Jenny Eclair in Dulwich. Um, Kevin McLeod became a friend through that whole process of the awards programmes. <laughs> Photograph of me knocking around with um, Kevin McLeod somewhere online. Um, so, um, so communications, I am known as a people person. I network hugely. I've got a huge following on, you know, mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Um, I'm dithering about, I do have a TikTok account and I'm dithering about whether to, um, actually say something. Loads of people follow me and yes. I don't actually say anything. And I was thinking about how to make architecture more accessible through social media because it's mm-hmm. seen as a bit elitist. So, um, I'm trying to do that but how did i how did i get started so communication was a thing that i thought was a, a place to grow and you know communication is a huge huge basket of many things mm. and i i in london we we started doing e-newsletters and mail shots and that kind of thing and then when i set up my own business communications had moved on and you know it's moving significantly yeah. isn't it i mean every week something new is coming yeah. out so if you follow me, if you want to connect with me or listeners want to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter mm-hmm. or X or, you know, whatever it's called, um, I'm often putting out stories and I try and put uh, every three days I sort of cycle it. So I have an architecture story, a communication story and a um, social media story. And so I'm really on the cusp of whatever is going on, keeping my fingers on the pulse. And I'm really doing that for probably every field, every person that I'm in. You know, like I I had a, a load of meetings yesterday in the university and I was like, oh, have you seen this? This is happening. And people are like, really? Really? They're not. I, I, somehow people aren't as switched on as yeah. that. You've got your your finger on the pulse. I can tell you I most certainly don't, unless it's for um, kind of some tech updates and stuff like that for business owners. But otherwise, I really steer clear of the news or anything like that, much to my mother's absolute dismay. Um, But uh, in a business like yours, it is really important and tell me why would it be important for me to 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 know more about what's going on in my industry and for other people listening maybe they're a bit like me they've shunned the news and are in their own little happy bubble um going along so why is it so important to know so if you you find out what's going on about around you and you maybe post a story maybe once or twice a week it demonstrates to your audience that you are an authority on your subject so i people will come to me and use my business because they can see that i know what's going on or and in linkedin particularly i use that as a business tool a story will come up about communications so say um you know a new platform's coming out and they're looking for people to just discuss it and I will make a comment and then people will see that and say okay so she knows what she's talking about I can trust her with my business uh 
um, mm. information. So it all, always, when I do a social media campaign for every single client I've ever worked with since I set the business up, I always say to them, you must talk about the news. You must talk about what's going on in your field, even though your account is about, I don't know, say you're a coach and it's about what you deliver in your coaching business. You still have to say, I know what else is going on and this is is relevant. Um, you know, do you remember an incident when Madonna, I think she was singing, she was either at the Grammys or the Brits or something, I don't know. Anyway, she, in the middle of her set, she fell off the stage. Okay. Mm, and she yes. recovered so well that she was able to get up and go back to singing. Okay. Yes. And at the time I was working, had, had a client who was a personal trainer. And I said, we're going to post that story because we're going to make a comment about how fit she was. She works with a personal trainer that she could then get back on the stage and do that. And he was like, but I'm not her personal trainer. I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're a personal trainer. She uses a personal trainer. That demonstrated in her set how she could do that. And, mm. and we did that. We, I put this post out and it went bananas because I was basically saying, this is what Madonna did. Look, if you use a personal trainer like the one like X, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah you just have to you yeah. find the relevant stories that that are applicable to your business and put them in fantastic and that makes total sense because otherwise it's just the business owner talking about their business their offers them them that, them, that them, people, them right yeah it's a bit social media i've always thought is like mud on a wall you know if you just put posts out they just plop on the wall and then fall down but now and again you need to have something that's gold that sticks on the wall so a story that's relevant that you can then apply to your business it goes viral and you know a, an, another example is I worked for a, a graphic designer client and um, he was in, um, in working in Hereford and he we, it was around the time when the Turner film came out about J&W Turner and I mm -hmm. and I started the conversation and I said do you like Turner this film is coming out thinking we could grab on that and he said no I hate Turner I just, he just sat in one place and just painted the same thing and then coloured it over and over again. It's very boring. I don't like Turner. I said, okay, all right. So let's run an anti-Turner campaign. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So we did this when the film came out and there was loads of publicity, which we backlogged, um, piggybacked onto. Yeah. And, and then turned those stories into, do you really like Turner? Why is this, you know? And it, my campaign went viral again. <laughs> And, yeah. um, and and this client got work out of it. He got work in America from somebody who also hated Turner and thought our campaign was fantastic. So so you can be supportive yeah. of stories, like I did the same as what Madonna does, or you can be negative, but you've got to be like when we created the the no Turner campaign, you've yeah. got to you've got to turn it into a way that's not going to offend people. Yes, tongue in cheek, yeah, like yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. totally putting someone down and being negative. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's amazing. That's really really great ideas for the audience. So, how do you get your stories? Do you? I I think from memory from when I saw you talking a little memory light bulb moments coming up that you have um alerts on google set up am i right yeah so you can get alerts set on google they work on keywords so mm -hmm. you know i might have a keyword or phrase like social media or communications i also just use the, the news like put into news stories um put my search terms into Google and see what comes out. You have to be very wary of your sources, though. You have to use only credible sources and mm. you just get to know what they are. And another thing, another 
tip is do not use anything that sits behind a paywall. So, for example, the Financial Times have some great stories, not about finance, about the things I'm looking for, but they sit behind a paywall, which means you can only read like one paragraph and then you have to pay to read the rest of the story. Yes, 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 yes. And immediately links like that before. Yeah. Immediately you use anything that sits behind a paywall. That client or the person who's reading your feed clicks on the story, goes to read it and thinks, oh, I can't read anymore and then just loses interest in you. So therefore they're not going to come back to the client they, mm-hmm. they're not going to think this person is knowledgeable they're going to think this person is stupid because now i have to pay to read this story and, and they're going to switch off to. yes yeah. so mm-hmm. so um you have to be and and that just comes over time you kind of find out who sits behind a paywall and who doesn't also like i say you have to look at what are credible sources so some people say well i'll never ever quote from i don't know you know the daily express or the daily mirror or because yeah. they don't think they're credible or because and i just think those kind of stories i'd only really post if i was desperate and then yeah. you can always if something sits behind a paywall so so there was something came up yesterday it was a great story but it was behind a u.s paywall and i thought okay never mind so what i did was i took the title of the story and then i made it into proper english rather than a dramatic headline so i knew mm-hmm. what the story was about and put that back into google and then I got the same story out from an available web, web source to use for Interesting. the client. Interesting. Yes. Oh, great top tips. We haven't even got to that section oh. yet, Dr. Liz. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how do people find you, first of all? You've mentioned LinkedIn and Twitter are probably your main sources. Um, yeah, I... I do use Facebook, but it's really for, I don't really use it for um, business. You can communicate with me on Facebook, but I'm a bit, not recluse, but my Facebook feed is full of doggy stories and sketches and yes, (laughs) social side. So I don't really use that. Um, So if we're going to find you, if listeners are going to find you, what are they searching for on LinkedIn and X? Embarrassingly, if you put Dr. Liz Walder into Google, probably 98% of the references are me. And I'm often talking online. I do have a blog, um, although I need to update it. I don't have time to write my own blog. Um, And um, I also talk a part of the Architecture Social, which is an online um, podcast and um, platform that we use for students. I'm a moderator for them. Um, I have a website for the business, which is communicationxroads.com. And you can have a look in there and then you can contact me through that way. LinkedIn, I'm very active in. I've probably got about, I don't know, about 5,900 connections, you know, that I've collected over the years. And I, and I know every single one and I often interact with people. So I'm quite happy for people if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I was um, when I got the PhD, I was told by an architecture colleague in the States that it was very important to have the doctor part in my name rather than having the letters at the end as a woman, because it's hard to achieve, you know, get up the, the ladders, yeah. make a statement by having it. So on LinkedIn, I'm Dr. Liz Walder. And then there's some letters after my name. Fantastic. Um, so yeah, so connect with me in LinkedIn is a good platform if you want to engage with me, I'd say. Fab. And I've just jumped onto your website there as well, communicationxroads.com. And there's obviously a contact us button, a working with us. And what is that working journey 
what does it look like? So say I connect with you on LinkedIn or via your website. Um, what happens next? So what, what a lot of people come to me is they say, I want to get onto social media. That's it. That's all they say. And, that, and then I have to have a meeting with them. And that can be online. It can be face to face and just find out a bit more about their business. But by the time I go to that meeting, I've done some homework. So I've looked them up. I found out what their kind of client base is and what their business is about. And different platforms work for different people and different yes, businesses. Agree. So a, a big mistake that people often make is like, for example, Twitter um, is maybe dying um, with the current um developments and everything and so suddenly threads was created which is a text-based platform and all yeah. these people who thought oh we're not on twitter but let's be on threads mm-hmm. um and and then you, some um businesses should not be on threads it's not the right platform for their, the people who are the decision makers in their client base so mm-hmm. i part of my early recommendations to a client is what platforms you should be in so you just heard me say a second ago i'm on facebook but i don't use it for business yes and that's a choice because my business is more b2b mm-hmm. and my b2b sits in linkedin primarily and it may be a bit of sense. twitter yeah. as well yeah um, and with twitter or x or threads yeah i think you've got to be quite quick witted and one-liners and things like that i'm not that's why i'm not on it <laughs> So there's a lot of journalists sit on Twitter. Work for me. But, yes. but I mean, somebody sent me something yesterday, which is Blue Sky, which is another interactive, and they're hoping that Blue Sky is going to take over from Twitter and it's a you know, different stable, mm-hmm. different um, CEO and things. So I don't know. You know, all of these things build on each other. Um, so yeah, so I'll have that conversation, and then from that, basically there and then, I sit and make a social media strategy for you there and then like how much you should post, what you should be saying, when you should be saying it, because different people are looking at different times of the day. So before COVID, the majority of people would be looking at their phones at either going home time or at lunchtime. Yes. Because that's when they're out of the office and traveling. COVID changed all that because people started working from home. And so the timing of your communication should be all the time. (laughs) Yeah. So different times. And then now we're in a bit of a more of a hybrid situation about, you know, who's working from home or they're doing a hybrid working. So some days in the office, some days at home. So that means that you can't be so regular and prescriptive throughout the week. You might want to change the times you're posting or when you're posting different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I've created all of that, then I create um, some homegrown, what we call bank posts, which are basically the posts that go out that are about your service and your product. And yeah. then those, yeah. that bank of posts, I probably create, I don't know, maybe 30, 60, something like that in number. Um, And they all have to have an image, a call to action and a piece of information in them. And then when I've written that, that goes to the client for approval. And then I would start posting out. I create the artwork myself, dependent on whatever the theme of the campaign or the post is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we get going and then I tend to to keep the content fresher. So it's always at the top of Google when you're doing searches for the client. Then I recreate that those postings every two to three months 
Yes. And then what normally happens is clients hang up, sign up with me for a social media campaign or ongoing social media presence. And then after six months, I, I always say the contracts for six months, because in six months you can see a return. Mm -hmm. um, anything less than that is very hard to see a return. Yes. And after six months, I send them a little note and I say, da -da 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 -da, would you like to renew? And they all say yes, <laughs> mostly. And, yeah. then, and then they renew. And I, I always see the client at the front, you know, and like I'd have a meeting with them at six months I send them a would you like to renew and they just renew and I never see them again so although I'm a people person and I do have a lot of interaction maybe online meetings or mm -hmm. I have email exchange I don't actually ever see them in the flesh again and I've yeah. got one client I work for in Belfast that I do run social media for and I think I last saw him in the flesh about 10 years ago no maybe more <laughs> because we just we do have online meetings and like, you know, yes. like this in a room online, but we don't actually meet in the flesh. And he just yeah. trusts me to get on with the campaigns. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah. Well, if you've had clients for 10 years, yeah. Yeah. then it shows you are very good well, at what you do. Um, so Crossroads was started in 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll, I'll just share a little thing with you here. When I set up the business, I... I came across a company called Social Junction, which I thought was a really cool name. Yes. But the problem was that Social Junction did um, social media and they were in Birmingham, which is a bit too geographically close to me to nick their name. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I really like that. And how am I going to um, create that for my business? So I came up with a, a sort of a whole load of words for my business name. And mm -hmm. I wanted to have alliteration. And so communication, what what work, what um, roads and things begin with C, which is how come communication crossroads was born. And then at the strap line, which is about um, crafting creative communication, is again alliteration, which people remember. Yes. And when I say in business and beyond, that's because secretly Doctor Who is filmed here in Cardiff. So um. and Doctor Who is in the beyond. So yes. that's the sort of joke about that, but also it encompasses everything. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's about how you get choose your company name, you know, if you're setting up and how you're going to um, put your bits and pieces together. Um, but, yeah, it, you know, yeah. it's always interesting, isn't it, about setting up company names. With mine, Harmony Business Academy, Harmony is one of my – uh, values and something I bring to my coaching because I want mm. you know it, I'm kind of coaching people mentoring them and their business to be aligned and in harmony that's a really good name I th when I saw that and I thought oh yes I harmony is really about sort of like nice positive vibes and bringing people together so I thought that was a good name yes and it's all based around uh, holistic and spiritual and wellness businesses mm. so but yeah, essentially it is a business academy. So yeah, yeah, it is. It's interesting, isn't it? The way we uh, we pick our, choose our names and things like that. And I always remember the um, Ron Seal ad. Ron Seal is some sort of paint people that are listening. <laughs> That's the thing you paint on the paints. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it said it does what it says on the tin. And uh, <laughs> you've got to think that the audience of Ron Seal is most predominantly men. Yes. And men need perfect. to be told what it does. It does what it says on the tin. Yeah. And that's what I say to all of my clients. Your business name, your offer, it needs to 
do what it yeah. says on the tin. <laughs> so the other the other reason I chose my business name was I did not want to call it Liz Walder Communications because I thought if I ever sell a business, I don't want to sell my name. So yeah, that's I, a good point. And I have I I when I um when I was made redundant, I went on a series of courses that the Welsh government ran. And they were about finding, creating work after redundancy. And mm -hmm. one of the courses was about choosing your name and also your colours. So the colour of my business is purple. And when I met Jane, actually, before we met at a conference um, some years ago, I was wearing purple. And she's already mentioned that my house is painted lilac. So, you know, you can lilac, see a theme yeah. here. What is Dr. Liz's favourite <laughs> colour? Yeah, yeah. I did have a purple car for a bit, actually. <laughs> If I was going to promote my business, uh, network, networking opportunities, you know, a new um, network that I had not been to before, I would definitely dress in purple. I would have, and I've got purple business cards and people remember you. They remember, yes. Because of that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's having those, um, it's having little things that really stand out. Yeah. That yeah, make really, a difference. Yeah. So I, I've never given away, you know, purple pens or given anything what I have to my subcontractors actually. Yeah. Um but I've never given away like actual things that are purple. But it's just being like you say, like having little things within your offering that make yeah. sense. That, and then that people also together, Yeah, people influence. sort of subconsciously see it as well. Yeah, they do. They do. I um, I've been changing over um, my systems over the last few months, which is a massive, massive tech job. Oh my gosh! But it's going to be worth it. But it's also helped me just look at how congruent I'm being. Is the wording? congruent all the way through the different systems emails and offerings etc are the colors are the this are the that mm. um yeah because we're communicating on so many different levels aren't we yeah you mentioned artwork we're communicating <laughs> through uh, artwork as in um oh branding like you mean. facebook branding yeah. the posts and things like that we're communicating on all of these levels aren't we so people want to see your post and whatever the artwork or yeah um, so, I mean, it's very is, it, it needs to be linked and consistent consistent and yeah if you're like me so i'm i'm sitting on maybe three platforms of business i need to have the same avatar on all platforms i need to have the same um branding same company name on all platforms because the person who looks at me in linkedin and then thinks oh she's also on twitter i'll go and look at her on twitter they want to know they want to be um, not yes. trust, but they want to be um, confident, I suppose, that I am the same person. And if I have a different picture, then they're not going to realise it's me. I am one of the same. Yes, I know. I often joke that if people see me um, doing the school run or whatever, they'd never know it was me <laughs> from my profile <laughs> pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Like I mean, it is worth, if you can afford it, it is worth having a good um, a, you know, photographer take some portrait photos of you. And I have um, a profile in LinkedIn and I have a profile in uh, academic profile and I also have um, a Twitter profile. And all of those are formal photographs, you know, and, and um, when you submit for a conference or you submit for a publication, you have to have a picture of yourself. And 
if you have a formal picture to use that that's one you can just take out and and you know it's worth putting the money into a photographer at the beginning of your business and then maybe updating that picture every sort of five or six years yes yeah and trying to look the same if you go networking (laughs) (laughs) die out the gray basically (laughs) or just stop dying (laughs) no no i i i am i have a birthday on sunday so i am a very great age and i am trying to you know prevent age from coming i don't have any wrinkles because i laugh so much laugh i'm serious in business but i laugh as well and so i'm dying my hair to get rid of the gray we are both Virgos. It's my birthday. Yes, I know. You're almost my twin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really great. I've already started the celebrations, you know, start early. I'm starting tomorrow. I said I'm going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday this week, and then Thursday onwards, <laughs> four days of celebration. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> oh, amazing. So can you give us any, any more advice and top tips about communication effective communication for business and beyond so what i'd say a really really key one is that in the digital age in which we sit now you should have a a website and b a social media presence that's with a, a given but there are some people who don't have that um you should also have a website that you actively change it is mm-hmm. not something that you set up and then you just look at and people walk past it. You need to go in and polish it and move everything around from time to time and put new because that in. keeps you at the top yeah. of Google, right? So yeah. The little edits and the changes. Yeah. Is doing a blog enough, or do we need to be doing more? So, if you write a blog, what do you do with your blog? Well, that would go on the website, okay. and so. it would be shared on social media and on emails. And then you need to keep it updated. So if you're writing a blog every month, you need to have you extract content from it, put that in your social feeds every week. So you're sending people to your blog site from yes. your, to your blog from your social media. Because every a blog week. is another thing, but if you just do yes. it once and then shut the lid on it, who's gonna go and look at it and you do all that work? Yes, 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 um, yes. You can, if you use WordPress, which is a free software for designing websites, mm-hmm. um, and you have your website sitting in that, there's a plugin within WordPress. Sorry, a bit technical here, but there's a plugin. I love it, but my my audience might not, but I do. (laughs) For Twitter, certainly for Twitter, which and probably for some other platforms now. So you can get a feed. When you put something into Twitter, you put this plugin on your website and the feed takes, goes into your website. So you're posting on Twitter, your Mm -hmm. social media, and the plugin is picking it up. So therefore your, your feeds from Twitter are going onto your website. A lot of people will have that on the front and that means that your website's always topical because it's always changing and there's always new content going in without you actually having to do, you know, double the work. Yes. Um, and so does that, because I, I had a, a plugin, like a social media plugin mm-hmm. on one of my websites. I haven't put it on the new one I've built but wow. I've not launched it yet, so I shall put it well, on. I would recommend um, that. And, and does it, um, the posts I'm doing on, I, I use Facebook for business. So the posts that I'm doing on Facebook, if they're going updating on this um, social media plugin, mm. so is that telling Google that my website is updating? Every yes, single that's what I mean. It's, it's getting new say. content so yes and then you Mm. will go up the search engine rankings because what everybody needs is 
when you put the name of the business in to be on the front page of Google. And don't yes. ever pay for that. You don't need to pay for that. You can no. just do enough stuff yourself yeah. to get there. So if anybody offers you payment of things for, you know, other than, um, you know, go, doing going up the rankings, you don't need to do that. You don't need to pay. You can just do things yourself to get up the rankings. So the social media plugin and also the monthly blog yeah minimum a month i would say you know i've got a an infographic i can send to people if they tips for blogging if they want you know no more than 400 mm. words put in some story make it relevant to people's lives answer a question what do people want so um you know i might i might tell a story about you know communicating with somebody in the street or something and, and then people can identify with that in their business or whatever um and then there's always a call to action in there which will be come to my website engage with me um and a, a picture you know and what i've found over the years is when you write blogs if you have a really appropriate title um it, it hooks people in before they even start reading so mm. we did a story i used to have a hairdresser client and they wanted to write um a blog and it was about um apprenticeships yeah. and there's a song called going back to my roots oh yes okay yeah. so we yeah. use that as the headline for the as the title for this blog going back to my roots and suddenly people were like well it, they're a hairdresser so they go back to their roots but they're also going back to their roots because they're talking about apprenticeships Love so mm -hmm. and, and you know uh, another tip if you're looking for blog titles use song titles lyrics proverbs you know well-known phrases shakespeare yes, is uh, another source yeah. of, of of things i mean i've i've just written um um a conference Oh, I'm about to write submit for a conference in um, um, next year, and uh, I like to use sort of sound bites of text. So um, this um, conference is going to be about the Eurovision Song Contest's influence on architecture and cities. Mm -hmm. And so the title of it is, at the moment is All Kinds of Everything, mm -hmm. and then Unpacking How Eurovision Has Affected Cities. So All Kinds of Everything was a hit in Eurovision. And people will remember it because yeah. they think, oh, yes, I know that title. And, and so it's like just being clever with words. And that's really, yeah. you know, I've ended up talking about architecture, but that's what my business communication crossroads is, being clever with words, mm. being effective. Yeah. Yes. Oh, fantastic. We have learned so much today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have. Um now, what else was I going to ask you? So with your, with the communication business, there is no, there's, there are no boundaries. You can work with people globally because we're in an online market now and well, we're talking kind of social media and online-y. So I always was in an online market. Mm. Um, you have to be, there are some places where social media is banned. So, you know, I'm thinking of particularly areas in the Middle East and there's a um, platform called Alibaba, which works, which is a kind of Chinese based thing. And okay. I would be I kind of don't really work in that sector. Um, I tend to work mostly for Western businesses or businesses who are based in the West, but have um, a presence in maybe the East, the East or the Middle East. I have worked for somebody who who was a client based in Cardiff, but they um, their audience was in Dubai. 
And what that meant for me was that I had to review the posting times because the, the week, the working week is different in Dubai to how it is in the UK. Yes. Um, but, I mean, I mentioned before I've got a client in Belfast. I used to have a client in Hong Kong. And now and again, I'd have to have a Hong Kong day when I worked a completely different set of hours from everybody else because I had to have meetings online with this person yes. and his team. Um, I launched a book for somebody in Singapore but I was not in Singapore. I was in Cardiff. And the yeah. person who wrote the book was also not in Singapore. He was in Northern Ireland. So anything is possible. And mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, I read quite a lot about um, mobile communities and, you know, van life and people living on barges and you know, housing crisis issues. Yes. And all of those people, if that's a lifestyle that you want to be in without bricks and mortar, then you need to be in a social media um digital platform marketing because that's yes a mobile market that you can deal with and you know i'm i'm talking today from my home office in cardiff but i could have been in Any west way. wales i could have been in bolivia you know i could have been yes. in edinburgh <laughs> uh it's you know and and since covid it has become acceptable to be working from home or from a mobile platform mm. Yeah, it really, it really is. I mean, that's the beauty about the modern world now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I mean, English As is an international language, so we're okay there. Yeah, but you know, um, I, I I guess I've spoken at conferences all over the world. I'm international, so, and I I just feel that you don't have to be restricted by just being in one place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the beauty it is with the Harmony Business Academy, that's all online. Um, but my therapies business, Cherish, Transform and Upgrade, that is face-to-face -face and online. But I I just love face-to-face -to -face too much to give well, it up completely, yes, unless I, mean, I decide to go gallivanting again around the world and then... I mean, the teaching, you know, <laughs> when COVID came, we were forced to work online and teach online. And so we set up proper home offices and I work off three mm. screens and proper microphone setups and all of that stuff. Um, since COVID has kind of maybe died to death, but I hear it's coming back. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I teach, I still teach online if required, but I can also go to the university because it's not that far from here. But it doesn't preclude me from giving a paper. I, I spoke at a conference in 2021 in Florida, but obviously COVID was here and I was not in Florida. I was here at home and I had to have a special backdrop and everything. So yeah. um, I think the, um, uh, you know, the mobile issue is great if that's a field that you feel comfortable in, but I, I can't prescribe it for everybody, you know, mm. and um, my working life is, these two strands you know the communication business which overlaps into the lecturing which overlaps into the communications business and I'm very good at compartmentalizing my life so you know this week we're on Wednesday one day I you know the first day of the week I was on a communications day working with my clients yesterday I was on an academic day working with the university and I'm able to just switch between but you have to be I know that that's a thing that not everybody is good at to be able to just stop and start and you know move from sort of like almost a, a room to another room of different work mm. yeah it is uh, I think pretty much everybody that listens to the show has different hats 
that they put on. Um, and I, I love it. I actually thrive on that um, kind of pivoting yeah. as long as I haven't got too many plates <laughs> too many plates then, then it's yeah. like oh overwhelming no thank you but um yeah most of the time it's I like having that little bit of kind of excitement not quite knowing what's going to happen next when I jump on a call with somebody or when somebody comes to my house for a treatment um yeah I love it it's 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 fun it's exciting um I mean, like you, I thrive on it and I'm able to move from place to place, you know, sorry, client to client. I started off my um, working life after my MA and I had five days of the week in five different locations with five different clients that I went to and I was employed by all five people. And it was got a bit confusing for them, perhaps, but not for me. Not for you, uh, yes. So, and eventually, you know, I pushed one into making me two days a week and left someone else. And eventually that became yeah. three and two. And then yeah. eventually... My mother used to say, when are you going to get a proper full-time job? <laughs> she said that for about eight years. Yes. Oh, I think. And I still haven't done that, have I? I still don't get, have no. one proper full-time job. I think bored. Yeah, I, I certainly I did when I was kind of, I felt stuck in an office. That was my last kind of job. And it was the same thing each yeah. week. I, oh, also, too much. having the variety, you know, the two mm. lives that I lead. I do have overlap with people and clients, but I, I do have, it is, it is great because it is, um, I see, I, I'm able to bring, um, light, you know, tips from one into the other. And, um, I, I love the variety. Yeah, definitely yes. thrive on that. Variety is definitely the spice of life. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Liz. It's been um, an absolute pleasure to interview you. You have shared so many top tips with Good. us about effective communication. Um, I hope everybody has been making notes. Uh, <laughs> and I will... Um, I will put above or below whether you're listening to this or whether you're watching it um, the links to get connected with Dr. Liz will be there. Um, yep, you fine. can Google her um, and also it's communicationxroads.com is the website and you can search for her on LinkedIn, Dr. Liz Welder. Thanks, Jane. Thank you so much. Stay Sane with Jane. The show that helps you and your business to thrive, not just survive. Tune in each week as Jane connects with guests in the wellness, business and publishing worlds. Bringing you the most up-to-date training, techniques, healing and guidance for growth, mindset and motivation. Each session includes a magical guided meditation led by Jane or one of her special guests. Here's your host, Jane Scanlon. 
Thank you for listening to that wonderful interview with Dr. Liz Walder. That was episode 31 of Stay Sane with Jane. And we are going to shift gears now, moving in to the mindful meditation section. Hello, my name's Jane Scanlon and thank you for joining us for the meditation session. Today we are going to be tuning into a five minute standing meditation. So why is this standing meditation such a wonderful tool? Well, it can be one of the most powerful ways to slow down our minds. If you've got a very overactive mind that's constantly chattering, then moving your body um, or doing something with your body whilst meditating and being mindful um, can be one of the easiest ways to just shut down that chatter. Okay, so before we begin, let's tune in to what a standing meditation means and brings up for us. I invite you to tune in to your belly, chest and head. To see what feelings pop up, any emotions that are associated with any old stories, and what is that chatter going on in your head right now? So let's begin. Standing meditation is one of the most powerful ways to get our minds to slow down. Think of what our bodies are used to doing when they're simply standing. We're usually standing in line, looking at something, having an alert conversation, or just drifting off into nothing. Standing brings our bodies and minds into alertness. In this way, standing meditation is one of the quickest ways to bring ourselves into the present. It's an excellent method to recharge your batteries. And if you've never done a standing meditation before, don't do it for more than five minutes at a time. You can get longer with this practice once you become familiar with it. Okay, so find a broomstick, a walking stick, a mop, uh, the back of a chair, something that you can use to make sure you don't lose your balance. 
hold on to that object and place your feet hip width apart. Now be mindful, most people think their hips are way wider than they actually are. So just tune in to your legs going straight down, hip width apart, your feet grounding on the ground or the floor beneath you. And I invite you to look straight ahead and close your eyes halfway, but not all the way, just soften them. Tune in to your breathing for a few moments. Feeling the lift and fall of your belly and chest. Your feet on the ground and of breathing. If you find it hard to focus, you can silently or quietly repeat this beloved meditative verse. Breathing in, I know I am breathing in. Breathing out, I know I am breathing out. Allow any emotions to be in the room with you, but do not force them to stay or to go. When your mind wanders into thoughts and stories, gently and kindly bring it back to focusing on your breath. And on the feeling and experience of your body standing still. You've already been standing for a couple of minutes. Take a few deep breaths and feel the grounding beneath your feet. And the breath going in and out. If you notice any tension or resistance, just breathe into that area and let go a little bit 
more with each out breath. Softening in to this standing meditation. Just staying with the breath and being mindful of any thoughts or senses that arise. Just like that, we are nearly at the end of our five minutes. Taking a few deep breaths and inviting energy and alertness into the body and mind. Feeling your batteries recharged. You can start to wiggle those fingers and toes. Moving the hips and the shoulders. Be gentle with yourself as you return to real life. You've slowed down more than you might think. Your body, mind and soul is so grateful for that little bit of time that you have spent meditating, connecting and being present. It has been an absolute pleasure to guide you through this meditation, the five minute standing mindful meditation. My name is Jane Scanlon and I look forward to seeing you next week.